This episode is a very special celebration because recently the podcast reached half a million downloads and I will be sharing top 10 or so things that I have learned about podcasting from 225 episodes, 4 years, and 229 reviews. And if you're wondering where I'm getting this review number from because on iTunes it looks different, here's the little trick. If you are somebody who is a podcaster or you're considering it, this is very valuable to know. iTunes only shows you reviews that are country-specific based on your location. If you want to see all of the reviews, which is always such a gift to tune into from all of the countries all around the world, you can go to chartable.com and it will give you all of them lined up in one place, plus where you are in the global podcast charts. I love going there from time to time and just seeing what some of those numbers are. In this special space that I'm sharing with you, I will be sharing both strategic and business outtakes from having a podcast and monetizing and growing a podcast, as well as a lot of the energetics and lessons that have been coming through and why it truly is at the center of everything I currently do. I have been taking notes for this episode for a while now. Anytime anybody interviews me for their platform and for their podcast, there's something that comes up that I feel like would be just so valuable to share with anyone considering starting a podcast. Or perhaps you have a podcast that you have neglected and want to get back to, or you have a podcast and you're just not excited about it and you are called to bring this new wave of life into it. Or maybe you have nothing to do with podcasts, but you're still curious to see what some of these learnings are and how they apply to you, because I'm sure there are ways in which this divine weaving is coming into your awareness at this time, right now, as we approach the end of this year and the beginning of new year. And perhaps there's some boiling of new ideas and new ways that medicine wants to flow through you in the world, and this is coming in just at the perfect time. No matter what situation you're in, I'm so grateful you're here with me. And before we jump into this uninterrupted episode, I would love to thank Zencaster that is sponsoring this episode. Only so natural because I've used it since the very beginning of the podcast. Here we go. I am so excited to share with you that my number one podcasting tool since day one of this podcast, Zencaster, is sponsoring this episode. I remember when I first started my podcast, it seemed like solving a tech puzzle, but I've been using Zencaster since day one and it's made it so easy. It provides studio quality recording from wherever you are, gorgeous HD video if you choose to record video, and even built-in episode editing. What I love about it is that it records separate audio and video tracks for me and my guests, so the editing process is a lot more customized. Plus, they offer secured cloud backups, so I've never lost an episode. It's super easy to use. There's nothing to download. My guests just click the link and we start recording. For the past few months, I've been testing the automatic post-production and every single episode you've heard, including this ad, was fully made on Zencaster. It's so good. It makes it easy to also post-produce videos, both horizontally for YouTube and vertically for Reels, Shorts, and TikTok. One of the tools I love the most is Zencaster's active speaker detention. It leverages AI to automatically detect the participants that are speaking 
And when the active speaker changes, the participant who's on the larger screen automatically switches. So this makes editing and post-production so easy and allows you to reach more people by posting your content on more platforms at once. It's super convenient and I'm a huge fan of Zencaster. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and enter promo code Xenia in all caps and you'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. It includes unlimited audio and video recordings, hosting up to 10 guests at once, audio and video mixing, and unlimited English transcriptions. You get a 14-day trial and can always downgrade to the free account if you choose to. That is Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com, promo code K-S-E-N-I-A, all capital letters, or click the link in the show notes. It is time to share your story. All right, here we go. The puppy is asleep and I am so excited to share with you everything I've learned about podcasting so far. It has been one of the most expansive journeys that I've ever taken within both my professional and personal life. And as somebody who has been in the storytelling, content creation business for many, many years, I find it so fascinating that podcasting has been my favorite platform. I remember I went to journalism school in Moscow, Russia, and one of the classes I had signed up for and was excited to take was being a DJ or radio hosting, whatever it was called. But then last minute, it got called off. So I never got to experience sharing my voice in a studio and learn to hone my medicine that way. And I also had had experience with taking a class on being a TV anchor and then seeing a recording of myself and just feeling so awkward and totally giving up because all of the self-judgment that was present of how I didn't look good and didn't sound good on camera. And I think all of that was because the skills that I was being taught and the way that being a presenter was passed on to me was very technical. It was let's master your technical speech. Let's make sure the words coming out of your mouth are perfect. Let's make sure your hair is a certain way and all of these external things. But then in my mid-20s, I was lucky to come across the work of Gail Larson, who wrote the book Transformational Speaking and connecting to her work and then down the line, taking her in-person retreat has been one of the biggest gifts of my lifetime and one of the biggest inspirations for me starting a podcast and sharing my voice and the whole language and terminology of your original medicine is a Native American concept that each one of us has this unique medicine that we are here to share with the world and I actually learned it from Gail Larson and I highly, highly recommend her book, especially in the audio format. I remember when I was still working in luxury fashion in Manhattan, I would listen to her book on my way to work on my daily morning commute when I was not posting pictures of my morning breakfast bowls and breakfast criminals. And I will put the link in the show notes. You don't have to take the notes now. You can always find all of the things that I'm mentioning and all of the resources in the show notes. So after being a blogger, being an influencer, creating affiliate content, being a public speaker, being a course creator and a teacher, podcasting is at the heart of everything I do. It's my absolute favorite way to 
capture frequencies and share them and connect with my audience. And I have a folder on my phone called feedback. And it's all of the comments and DMs that I get on Instagram as a result of showing up on my podcast. And this is one of them. This was a comment on my announcement of the most recent podcast name change. And I want to share it with you just to give you a glimpse into the kind of shifts that occur in the field when you trust your voice and you share your medicine with the world. Here we go. Secret Lowlands says on Instagram, Xenia, the things that get channeled by you and through you are the vital guiding teachers in my life, especially when I feel completely lost and confused. Your podcast always gives me a warm cuddle and points back right to the truth and the heart. So that is exactly the intention of everything I do with this podcast. It is not to instill my way of doing things or the blueprint of how things have worked for me or people I'm interviewing, but how can all of these stories that I'm sharing activate your unique ways of doing things and being in the world and expressing your medicine? So that brings me to takeaway number one. What is your why? The energy and the intention of why you choose to start a podcast and share is all about staying open and exploring instead of coming with answers. Someone recently asked me in an interview why I started the podcast and the most important piece of the answer was that I just knew that I was meant to. I could have come up with a logical answer in the moment and I actually did, but then the interview interestingly got interrupted, the recording got lost, and I had a divine chance to re-answer the question. And this is what came through so clearly. It was the pursuit of the conversation that merged spirituality and the infinite possibility that the world of internet and social media offers, both for our self-expression as souls in human bodies and also for playing in the field of career and making money and connecting and, and growing projects that are meant to come through us. The simple answer is that I love these conversations so much and I couldn't get enough of them. I've always been somebody who loves to pull the curtain behind the scenes of how are people making it work? How are they finding the courage in themselves to trust the messages that are coming through them, who do they look up to, where do they learn the technical skills necessary, and what keeps them going. And so whether this podcast would have become a business or not, it wasn't that goal to build it and monetize it, but it was the pursuit of the conversation and how enriching can the conversation and the experience and the connection with other human beings in the process be instead of okay, this is the business plan. Somebody said, I need to have a podcast. And so I'm starting a podcast. And down the line, this is what's going to happen. The goal was not that. It was creating a tapestry of meaning and connection within my own life and my own entrepreneurial journey. And in the four years, I've shared everything from how my whole identity as a wellness blogger was coming to fruition, how I was monetizing the area of my life to then shifting the attention to pausing all of the brand deals and sponsorships to, and building courses to building this podcast to 
collaborating with other people and finding new ways to monetize and to express myself as a creator and as an entrepreneur. And through all of that, I've grown a lot more comfortable in holding the space of the unknown and sharing my journey and knowing that when I trust that my journey matters and I share it and I make intentional space to put it into words, there is so much that gets activated with everybody who comes in touch with my content. So my question to you is, what is your why? Why do you think that you are meant to start a podcast? And if the question is still in the form of why you should start a podcast, then I would really ask you to review it because anytime any business idea, any creative project starts with a should, there's an invitation for a layer of programming to be released and ask yourself, am I meant to start a podcast? Learning number two is all about trusting my voice. Having a podcast is an incredible way to hone in your voice and practice self-compassion, especially in the beginning. What helps me is listening to other podcasts and noticing what I appreciate about how others hold space and that it's not about journalistic perfection, but about holding a space of truth and openness above all. I didn't do solo episodes a lot in the beginning, and it's really grown recently, and it's been such a beautiful exercise in building confidence and trust that when I have a loose idea of what is meant to come through me, and I turn on the mic and I record, and messages will come through me, and that's always how it happens. I typically have a very loose idea of what I want to record, a topic, and maybe some pointers, but then what comes through is way beyond anything that my logical mind could have come up with. And it's been an incredible exercise in building confidence as a speaker, as a teacher, and in trusting that others care about me and my story. I get so many messages in which my listeners show me how my story is mirrored in their own. And the ripples always go beyond anything we could ever know. There's no one else on the outside who can decide that your being matters. It's a conscious choice that you make. So act like it until it lands in every cell of your being. You matter and your story matters because you're here on earth at this time in a human body and that's a reason enough. Your story matters, your medicine matters, your voice matters. The more of us awaken to the healing that arises in you and everything around you, when you express your truth, that's when we enter the new earth. And that's what my work is about, my podcast is about, and why I'm here at this time. Number three, community. Having a podcast is an incredible way to build community and a business. I've used it as a platform to launch my conscious social media courses and workshops. And over the four years, my rough estimate is that the podcast has brought in around $150,000 in revenue. That accounts for the course launches that have been primarily promoted through the podcast with no paid ads. It accounts for one-on-one sessions that are primarily booked through people discovering my work and connecting with it through the podcast, as well as sponsorships directly of the podcast and of brand packages. I will be covering more on how exactly I have monetized the podcast a little bit down the line, but It's interesting that when I speak about community, what comes through is the ability to make it a business and monetize because the connection there is 
that having a community that trusts you, that lets you into their heart, and that takes actions and your recommendations is invaluable. And that you can only build through consistently showing up and doing so from your heart. When you commit to having a podcast where you show up from the truth of who you are and you share what feels alive for you, there's a a trust that is built. It cannot be measured in money. For me, in my case, it feels like a sacred space, like an altar. I'm very selective about what I promote and who I invite on the podcast for that reason, because to me, that trust is more valuable than any one brand sponsor deal or any one recommendation I make. It is truly a place where I only share things that I would share with a best friend. So knowing that every little thing that you do, people will notice and people will see and people will paint a picture of you based on. It's very important because God doesn't not see certain things and neither does your community. It's all there. So can you make that choice and make that commitment to show up from the fullness of who you are, from the integrity of who you are, and stick to your values? To me, as I have been learning to, as my mentor Michelle puts it, not speak from a stage on my social platforms and the podcast, but speak from the same level, knowing that there's no hierarchy, meaning that sometimes I'll take you behind the scenes, but really the commitment and the vision is to share from where I am, not from where I'm going, not from where I've been, but what is true right now. And based on all of that, there is nothing more valuable than having that true communication with the community. So before you start a podcast, are you willing to go there? Are you willing to truly bear it all? And if you are, it's going to bring so many miracles into your life. The messages that you will get about people listening to your podcast on their daily dog walks, on their runs, while they're cooking, you get to be in people's lives and walk their paths with them. And that's a a huge gift and a big undertaking because that means that there's no space for bullshit. Because do you want to deliver bullshit into people's ears? Probably not. If you're cooking or walking your dog or cleaning your house right now, hit me up in the DMs. I'd love to know what you're doing while you're listening to this podcast. It's the number of downloads of each episode that brings the sponsors that gives me the ability to get incredible guests for this podcast. And so I want to express an immense gratitude from the bottom of my heart to each one of you listening to this podcast, sharing it, leaving your review. All of that matters so much and makes such a difference. One of the ways that I have been learning to be more and more transparent in the way that I hold space for the podcast is in the intro and outro of the episodes, whenever there's a conversation in which I am not fully aligned with what the guest is saying or it doesn't feel like my truth or the truth of my community, although I don't know what your truth is, so I can only speak for myself. Anytime it feels a little bit off, I energetically or through words always invite you to tune back into your own truth. I remind you that this podcast is not a Q&A and a place to source your answers and your truth, but it's a mirror and a reflection of what's possible. And then I encourage you to go and find your own truth 
of what is calling your energy in your own life. And doing so has really given me a lot more freedom in inviting various types of guests on my podcast coming up in 2023 because this way I don't feel responsible. It's not like, here's a stage and I'm sharing the truth. Here's a stage and there's different truths that are getting interwoven with an intention to bring you closer to your own view of the world and your own truth. And that is the intention of each and every episode. So I just shared about how each and every download and each and every share matters. And that leads me to growth and reviews. What are some of the biggest ways that I have grown the podcast? One of them is that typically in the beginning and end of each episode, as well as sprinkled throughout the conversation, I will invite you to share what moved you and leave a review. I used to have more formal intros and outros invite you to do that. And I've been moving through different phases and expressions of the podcast. Sometimes I will include it and sometimes I will not. But anytime there's like a tweetable, memorable, life-changing moment in the conversation during the interview, I'll actually say, okay, if this moved you, please share it with us. We'd love to know. Tag us on Instagram. We would love to see what is applying to you. And reviews are incredibly, incredibly valuable to really help boost the podcast and all of the algorithms and help other people discover it. So I love inviting my listeners, whether that's in the intro or the outro or sometimes sprinkled throughout the conversation organically to leave a review. And if you're a longtime listener or maybe you're brand new, but you really moved and you haven't left a review yet, please do so. You can do it on the Apple Podcasts app and I can't wait to read it. I try to engage with almost every single social media mention of the podcast and send love to everybody who takes the time out of your day to share about the podcast. Share different quotes. A lot of the times it will be something that I took away from it and moved me as well, but sometimes it will be something that I didn't even really pay attention to in the interview, so I get to discover new layers, new secret menu layers within every conversation through what you share, so thank you for doing that. One of the other ways that has really helped grow the podcast is making it shareable. From the very beginning, I have always spent a lot of time creating show notes and identifying what is quotable and then making graphics with quotes. Sometimes I also will make video outtakes if it was a video interview and share that on TikTok, on Instagram Reels, and on YouTube Shorts to make it as easy as possible for people to discover it, to connect with it, and to share it. I have been using Canva as my source of most of the graphics. Sometimes I'll go into Photoshop, but I find it a lot more bulky and it takes a lot more time to make quotes and videos in there. So Canva, and I have the subscription, I think it's like $15 a month that is so worth it because there are so many beautiful graphic formats. And sometimes I will use that. And sometimes I will go to creativemarket.com which is an amazing resource for all entrepreneurs for finding WordPress themes and quote templates and all kinds of things. Anytime anybody messages me about how do I make my graphics and I've changed them over the years so much, it's all from Creative Market. And I love going into these black holes of sometimes I'll just wake up and I have a hit that I'm intuitively guided to change up my graphics, take them to the next level, I'll go to Creative Market, I'll find new templates, and I'll make a whole new set of graphics. And it is such a potent practice of taking these important messages, 
and giving them a visual life because this way it is able to touch and move people around the world in ways beyond what we could have done if we just let it be. This is a topic that I spoke with in depth with Brittany Eastman on episode, I think it was 224. So if you're curious about branding and graphics and specifically visual storytelling for taking your brand to the next level, make sure you check that out. And besides the short form content and the graphics with quotes, I also have experimented with posting either the full length videos of the interviews on YouTube or different outtakes on specific topics, anywhere from five to 15 minutes. And some of them have done pretty well. They've had thousands of views and people discovering my podcast through them. And some of them get very few views. So I'm still figuring out the whole YouTube thing. I find that sometimes I'll go into whole YouTube waves of creating vlogs and sharing my life and sharing podcast interviews. And sometimes I'm just in a season of not feeling like I have energy for it. So I have not cracked that code. But the interviews that I have published, some of them, as well as outtakes from them, have gotten a lot of views. For example, my interview with Dr. Andrew Weil. I haven't actually published the interview, but I used some of the footage to make a short video guiding people through his famous 478 breathing technique. And that has like 80,000 views. And I make, I don't know, I've made maybe. $500 to $1,000 from that over the last couple of years. So I always love experimenting. YouTube is not something that I fully crack the code on. If you have any tips or people you follow in that regard, please send them my way. And when I am back in the season of YouTube, I will certainly check it all out. Speaking of Dr. Weil, topic number five that I want to cover with you is getting interviews. So the Dr. Weil interview, he's kind of a big deal in integrative medicine and psychedelic medicine and alternative medicine. He's written so many books that have been staples for generations for people, one, merging the Eastern and Western approaches to whole life living, but also exploring expanded consciousness. And this is how it happened. They reached out to me. His team reached out to me, offering me to try his matcha. He has his own matcha brand and he owns matcha.com. And I used the attention that came my way to redirect that and to say, hey, I'm actually coming to Tucson for the Gem and Mineral Show, which I'm going back to this coming year with Eric. We're just booking the trip now. I'm so excited. And I offered to do an in-person interview with Dr. Weil while I was there for my podcast. And they said yes. So the lesson there has been an ongoing remembering of your own power that sometimes people will think of you in a certain way, in a certain light, as somebody who has certain skills and access, and you can take what's coming your way, and you can intentionally redirect it. And that's what I've done quite a bit. I had the same thing happen with Dr. Axe. They reached out to me to promote his product line, and I ended up getting him to be interviewed on my podcast, and also ended up visiting their office while I was visiting Nashville, Tennessee, and actually working with the brand as well. So for me, these kind of holistic integrations are the best way to possibly work with brands and also telling the story of the people behind the businesses that I'm promoting and understanding their soul and their human curriculum. To me, getting the full story as somebody with a very curious soul and I want to say training as a journalist, but it doesn't come from my training as a journalist. It comes from being a curious soul my whole life. 
and telling you a full story instead of just, oh, here's a brand and I love the product. But what's the why? What was the intention behind that brand? What was the intention behind that product? And telling this 360 experience of my different touch points with the brand and why I believe in them and why I choose to use my voice, my platform and my soul to amplify them. That's what I love to do. So how do I decide who to invite to be on my podcast? There's different categories. One of them is people that have been my personal teachers on this path, inviting them and giving you a glimpse of what I learned from them in the process. Another category of guests is my peers, people that I either have collaborated with or want to collaborate with, people I've met in retreats and experiences and courses, or simply friends who are simultaneously a guide in my path. And it's always so fun to share them with you through conversations on this podcast. Another category of guests are people that I want to be connected with, and I use podcast as a platform to have a conversation with somebody I would love to have a conversation with. So I've met some really incredible teachers and people who have become mentors and friends through doing so through just cold outreach, whether that's through an Instagram DM or going to their website and sending an email that way. I have created so many magical things as a result of those blind outreaches and inviting people to be on the podcast. I've met people I've created courses and workshops with, made quite a bit of money. And the truth is, I never approach podcast as networking and I never go into it thinking, okay, let me reach out to this person. There could be a business behind this. I truly let my soul lead the way and decide when I am meant to reach out to somebody. Sometimes I don't know exactly why I'm meant to reach out to somebody, but I do. And I trust that and something incredible gets revealed in the conversation. And the space that I hold for each conversation, it's that it's a ceremony and it's an expansive experience for every single person involved from me to the interview to the podcast listeners. And that is takeaway number six is what kind of space do you want to hold? Creating this intention of a ceremony and not just going off your list of questions, but having it be an experience in which everybody feels enriched and connected to their joy makes such a big difference. One of the guiding principles of the way that I hold space for the podcast interviews is being with what arises instead of what I think I should be asking, what I've prepared to ask, or what I think the guest is expecting. And when I do that, I notice a very palpable energetic shift when a guest goes from following templated ways of answering things to actually being triggered into presence and into exploring something beyond the horizons of what they've explored before. And particularly when I ask my guests about plant medicine and their experience working with that realm, there is always a consciousness that just takes over the room and the energy shifts. And I'm curious if you feel that when you listen to the podcast interviews as well. I've had a whole series on plant medicines and consciousness altering medicines. And it's also woven into a lot of interviews that are not published in that particular time frame. And it's been a huge part of my life to work with medicines of the plants and animals in a conscious way. And I'm not somebody who does it very often. 
I only go into plant medicine work when I'm called to. And then I take a lot of time to integrate. And a lot of lessons that come through, I end up sharing on here, whether that's through my solo episodes or in the interviews or in the solo transmissions that are more of a meditation frequency transmission than they are a teaching. With that, the other guiding principle that has really helped me along the way, and I got this one from Tim Ferriss, what he shared is that when you trust what you are curious about and you ask your guests what you genuinely want to know, your listeners will feel it, your podcast space will be so rich and fulfilling. So for me, learning to trust my own curiosities and follow them has been a big gift and a big and expansive experience. And it really applies to any conversation. What if instead of asking people what I think they expect, I just go there and I ask what is keeping me up at night, the questions that make me feel alive, and what I genuinely just want to know, even if it seems off limits. That medicine has been something I've been learning from my husband, Eric, whose medicine is bringing people into presence through discomfort, not the coolest party gig type of medicine, but I've really been learning to find peace with it and to find presence with it. And it's been so incredible to just learn to go there without reservations, without filters, without societal norms. What if you just allowed yourself to go there? and know that this space was created for you. And when you allow yourself to fully go there, it also gives permission to everybody listening to go there with you. Lesson number seven is consistency. Four years of weekly podcasting. There's been a few weeks that I have taken off the podcast. Otherwise, it's just been going. And Eric always reminds me how amazed and inspired he is that I've done this so consistently because there certainly have been times when I have wanted to stop, times when I, I didn't feel like my voice matters, times when I didn't feel like I have anything valuable to share, times when I didn't have any interviews, and I just set myself at the desk, I turned the microphone on, even if it's 2 a.m. the night before the release, and I allow myself to see what comes through. And that has been such medicine, to have this commitment of showing up and knowing that Wherever I am in my journey is valuable. And wherever I am in my interpretation and understanding and integration, there's some medicine in it, not just for me, but for this community as well. There are people who wake up and wait for an episode to go live, to go on their morning walk and listen to your voice. Having this consistent commitment has been one of the most incredible things I have done for my business, especially as a manifester. I'm somebody who always goes with the flow and tuning into what feels alive in the moment and changing plans last minute. Having this one consistent has been really a beautiful way to push me, make me feel uncomfortable, and continue showing up when my brain wants to come up with stories of why not. I just continue to show up. So I wonder what that looks like for you. What kind of creative constraint and a schedule might feel like an expansive way to make yourself finally show up and not wait, but start building this consistent library of content, library of teachings and library of feelings and learnings that you can look back upon and really feel like you're building a body of work. Learning number eight is being open to changes. 
I've seen some people grow out of their podcasts and start a brand new podcast or completely leave the podcasting world. And I've gone through so many shifts of the podcast name and cover, but it's always felt right to continue in the same space and to keep this one community. And the format has changed. So many things have shifted and I feel like I've grown in so many ways. And it's been a really beautiful journey to allow myself to go through those changes. And whenever I get the hit to change the name, to change the cover, to allow it to be, even if I don't have the time to hire an agency or work myself on creating an intricate cover, just putting something together in Canva. If the current cover doesn't feel alive anymore and representative of the kind of space I hold, I've gone on Canva before and just created a cover that says new album cover loading. And that's it. So this is an invitation for you to let go of the fact that before you release something, before you come up with a new name or a cover, it needs to be fully complete and perfect. What if you just put a placeholder that feels neutral while you allow everything to brew and reveal itself? I knew from the beginning that Xenia Brief Podcast was a temporary name while I held the space for the next name for the podcast to be revealed. And yes, it was uncomfortable at times because I knew it was temporary. The cover was just a photo that Eric took of me in our backyard in the Catskills with some art thrown over it in Photoshop. And it took about a year for me to arrive at a place where I received the download for the name, for the cover. I put on the investment to hire an agency and to develop that concept. But I didn't stop releasing podcast episodes. So If not having something in place or having a name that doesn't feel right anymore is stopping you from showing up, then change it. Change it with something that is more neutral while you allow yourself to go into the divine laboratory and incubate. What is the final vision that is wanting to come through you at this time? Besides the name and the cover changes, another change that I've been exploring is trying shorter episodes. And I've been getting such amazing feedback on those not just those solo episodes where it would go deep into the lessons and learnings, but very short transmissions, often triggered by my own medicine journeys and receiving a very, very potent frequency download, and then capturing it, turning on the mic, and just putting it out there. It's been really beautiful to witness. My friend Jasmine calls it these potent medicinal elixirs, in which this short story just makes the point and transmit a certain frequency that brings everybody who touches it a certain knowing within themselves. And that's really been the intention with those shorter solo episodes. And I am so excited to continue doing more of them because the feedback has just been mind-blowing. So thank you for writing in if you're one of those people who told me that it's been moving you and how it's making ripples in your own life. I'm deeply grateful for all of the DMs. And if you haven't written to me, that's fine too, as long as you're taking it and applying it in your own life. That is really my biggest wish. Number nine is technology. I've been using Zencaster since the beginning of the podcast. And as you heard in the intro, it is my absolute favorite tool for all things podcasting. I record on it, I edit on it, and the guests don't have to register for anything. They join the room choose their mic and you start recording and you can record audio only or you can add video. You can record it as one finished thing or you can have separate tracks so you can have more intricate ways of editing everything. And the video is super high quality. Their customer support is amazing. 
post-production has so many options for making vertical videos and horizontal videos. And honestly, it just makes it so easy. For the last couple of months, I've been editing all of my episodes myself using Zencaster, and I could not recommend it enough. If you just want one home for all things podcasting, Zencaster is amazing. And as you heard in the intro, members of this community get a special offer. If you choose to try Zencaster, you just have to go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and enter code Xenia, K-S-E-N-I-A in all caps to get 30% off your Zencaster Pro. It is so worth it to upgrade from Zoom and just have this one professional place where you can record, where you can produce and you can distribute and make all the promotional videos and everything. I love it so much and it makes my life so much easier and I recommend it to every single person thinking about starting a podcast. Switching from tech to the creative aspect of podcasting, number 10 is music. I find that having a consistent intro and outro is not as important as having the right music for your podcast. There's something about music that captures a frequency and creates a vibration that just takes people beyond the brain and straight into the heart. So for me, having the right music, which I found on epidemicsound.com, I will link to that in the show notes as well, has been one of the most beautiful things from the beginning of the podcast. I recently switched from my Epidemic Sound track that has been part of the podcast since the beginning through all the name changes to my own track that I haven't released yet. But you don't have to create your own music or have your own track created just for you. You can go into one of those libraries and just find a song that captures where you want to invite people into. Because music really moves us on an emotional level, creating this ritual space when you choose the right track. So creating the podcast space as a sacred invitation that moves everyone who enters it through time and space has been such a special tool to use. Now, some people like recording introductions like jingles for their podcast, kind of saying, hi, I'm your host, this, and welcome to the podcast. We're going to talk about this. And in the beginning, I liked having that, but then I found it to be unnecessary because the frequency of the podcast and the conversation really speaks for itself. And I didn't want the description of what it is to be cemented and kind of limiting where the conversations go, but it's really individual. If you feel like it creates a beautiful invitation in your case and sets the scene, go for it. If you want to play with different ones for every podcast, you can do that too. I know some people do that. And if you want to just skip it completely and go straight into the conversation, that is perfectly fine as well. I really invite you to ditch all of the rules and do what makes you feel like you're in the most special, delicious, juicy place. And I find that's what music helps us achieve. Whenever I play one of my favorite podcasts and the music comes on, it just immediately is this big sigh. It takes me to this familiar space, the space of trusting and journeying with somebody I feel safe with, I feel connected with. So that's the reason I love including music in my podcast. And I typically add it in the very beginning, in the very end, and in any transitions, if there's an ad after the intro or in the middle of the podcast, I like adding a few seconds of music there as well. And a pro tip is that I notice in some podcasts, the music track is a little too long. And so when I hear the music track and I know it's in the middle of the podcast, I know it's an ad coming. And that's when I typically choose to skip it. But if it's just a couple of seconds and then the ad starts and I feel like it's something that could be actually interesting for me, I love discovering products through podcast ads personally. 
I will actually keep listening. But if that music track gets too long, you lose my attention. So that's a pro tip. Keep those musical interruptions shorter to not lose people's attention. And bonus tip is one of the things I have loved doing is recording custom intros for each interview episode. This way it feels like there's an intro which sets the stage, which is an invitation into what's coming. And then the outro is this wrap up, this kind of sitting down and discussing what just happened, what's next, how do we integrate it? And when I listen to other podcasts and there's a custom outro, I find that I've been taken on a journey and it's like there's been an opening of the circle and there's a beautiful closing of the circle and it feels complete and whole. It's not just an abrupt, okay, here's the next episode. So that's something I really recommend doing as well because it creates a much more whole listener experience. All right, we're on number 11. And in this one, and I intentionally left it last, I want to talk about the ways that I have been able to make money through the podcast. Number one is promoting my own products. Whenever I've launched any courses or workshops, I have mentioned my own offerings in the intros as well as within the interviews and created solo episodes that would kind of create this value and give a glimpse of what the offering is. Whenever I launched the Conscious Social Media Program, for example, recorded 20-minute episodes, five tips to grow your online presence through social media and create a magnetic Instagram account, for example, and just give so much value in those 20 minutes and then say, if you want more and if you want the full experience, my program is coming up then. Number two is sponsorships. The ways that I have gotten sponsors for the show is either when they have reached out to me directly by finding my show somehow through different... um, I don't know how people find my show. If you're a sponsor and have been sponsor of the show, I would love to know exactly how you found me. I think there's different PR lists and databases of different podcasts. So I'm assuming that's how some of the sponsors have found me and reached out to me. A lot of the times I reach out to brands that I love and use that I want to promote and I will pitch them a sponsorship. I will share my media deck, my pricing for the podcast, as well as sometimes more expanded way of working together like a TikTok and an Instagram and 10 podcast episodes or a much bigger package, depending on what they're willing to invest in and what they're interested in and where they want to grow their presence. Sometimes a brand will reach out to me and want me to promote their product on TikTok or Instagram. And I'll say, well, actually I have a podcast and that is the most effective way to share something because that's where I go the deepest with my community. And I will pitch including the podcast into the overall deal with the other platforms. And that's one of my favorite things to do because ultimately I'm the one who knows my community best, knows where people turn to me for recommendations and the brands don't know that. So it's my job to explain that, to have them understand my community and have them trust me ultimately because I'm the one who knows how things work inside of this world. I also know for a fact that people have chosen to work with me one-on-one, whether that's one-off sessions or mentorship and consulting through the podcast. So knowing that when I show up and I just give, 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 there will be people who are meant to work with me and they will know it and they will reach out, whether that's clicking the link in my Instagram and finding my one-on-one sessions or mentorship or just DMing me and saying, hey, I'll listen to your episode and I know I'm meant to work with you. I don't know what you're offering. Please let me know. A lot of the times my podcast guests, knowing what I do or just feeling into what I do in the moment, start asking me for social media advice and 
a lot of times we'll go into little glimpses of how my one-on-one sessions with people go when we explore their expression of their soul using the technology of social media and how it can be more playful and integrated and feel so amazing. So sometimes I will do that in real time with some of my podcast guests when they extend that energetic invitation. I know that some people have chosen to work with me as a result of listening to those podcasts and getting a glimpse of how I weave those different realms and how I hold up a mirror of asking questions to your higher self with the intention for you to find answers within through those very intricate and divinely guided questions. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. And I know that podcast has been such a powerful way for people to discover me and explore my work and feel into it and see if that's something that they are called to do. And actually, it's worked the other way around too. Sometimes I invite people to be on my podcast because I've been curious about their frequency and what they're sharing online. And then it ends up being that I become fully in love with that person. And I know I'm meant to work with them. So I end up buying whatever offering they have and working with them. So I also want to be really transparent with you and share the real numbers of how many downloads I get for the podcast and how much I charge because I just think it's so refreshing to hear the reality of behind the scenes of all of these things that seem so mysterious on the surface sometimes and overcomplicated. So I typically get sponsors for the podcast and the packages of five to 10 episodes. If we're talking about five, which is normally the minimum, I charge $1,500 on average for five episodes. The podcast gets about 14,000 downloads a month at the moment and about 1,500 to 2,000 per episode in the first 30 days. And these numbers, how much I charge, are a lot higher than industry standards. If you go to any kind of podcast sponsorship calculator, it is calculated CPM, cost per million. So based on a thousand downloads, the suggestion, I think it's like $50 per thousand, which would make my rate about 75 to $100 per episode instead of the 300 that I charge. To me, this way to measure value and exchange, it has never felt right because it's very one-dimensional. It doesn't take into the accounts the reach that I have on all of the other platforms. It doesn't take into the account how long the podcast has been around for or just the depth of the trust that I have with my community. So I came up with these numbers based on what felt true for me, not based on any industry standards. And that has felt really good for me. My take on this is that when I choose to promote anything on my podcast, I choose to use everything I've ever put out there in the field behind something to promote it and to amplify it. So I'm very intentional and careful with what I amplify. And as a result, I'm very, very selective who I work with. So when you think about starting to monetize your podcast, One of the ways you could also do it, which is one of my sources of income through the podcast, is not necessarily going for formal podcast sponsors where you read an ad. By the way, speaking of reading ads, I'm the one who writes all of my ads and I speak from experience. So I allow the brand to give me different guidelines, but I never allow it to be something very generic and rigid. I've had a few times when brands approached me and the whole interaction from A to Z was just so cold and templated and ended up saying no. So for me, being able to share my own experience with the product is extremely important. So the format of how you promote a product really, really matters and contributes to your level of trust with your community. 
one of the ways that I have monetized the podcast is not through having sponsors, but through mentioning different products I am using and loving. For example, the first time I had Lopa Vandermersch as a guest on the podcast, who is the founder of Rasa Coffee Alternative, I mentioned my discount code. I believe in the intro and possibly the outro and possibly organically through the podcast. And I will make a commission as an affiliate for that product. They're not paying me to promote it. I'm genuinely interested to have a conversation with Lopa, but I get to invite the support for the show through people using my code and or my link to make a small commission along the way, which all adds up in a beautiful and expansive and abundant way. And if you're somebody who is just starting and haven't had sponsors on your show, doing this affiliate marketing in which you promote products that you stand behind, and then being in touch with the brand to see if you can get feedback on how it's monetizing. And if it's positive, putting that new media deck, using that quote to pitch your podcast to a sponsor you want to work with formally is a brilliant idea that works so well. For example, anytime I get any kind of feedback on me being an affiliate, whether that's for a course or for a product, I always save it and I have a file where I keep it all together. There was an online course I promoted where I was the highest affiliate with the course was about $2,000 and almost 10 people signed up through me. There was a cacao brand. There's many cacao brands that I am the top affiliate for and have been for a long time. And so using any kind of feedback you can get from brands, no matter how many downloads you have, if it's very much aligned with what people come to you for and trust you with, I guarantee you the conversions can be really, really high, even with a smaller audience. So testing your sharing about products and honing your voice and your confidence with doing so, doing so with affiliates is a great idea. So as we wrap up here, the thing that I'm not going to go into is the tech in terms of the microphone I use and the setup. I'm going to link to what I use in the show notes. I only recently, about a year ago, upgraded both my webcam and my microphone to something a little more professional. But before that, I was just using like a $50 microphone the whole time and traveling the world with it, recording from wherever I am. It really doesn't need to be that complicated. You don't need a studio. You can set it all up at home. You just need a good mic and a couple of pillows. And the rest is an invitation to play and an invitation to know that the messages that come through you and you saying yes to holding a space even before you know why or what is going to come through, picking up the divine phone call and showing up is the most important thing. If this in any way moves you to start your own podcast or to revisit your podcast from an expanded, more intuitive and trusting place, I would love to know about it. Maybe even leave a review and share about it there. I appreciate you being on this journey with me. It's been such a joy. I've been smiling this whole time as I'm recording this because it's honestly just such a gift to be able to have this place where I get to share my heart, know that it's received, get paid for it, and to have a kick in the butt to show up consistently. I'm so grateful for you. Make sure you check out the show notes on ksaniambrief.com. Have a magical week and trust your voice, trust the messages that are coming through. And don't put a timeline on yourself. You might allow yourself to plant a powerful seed for sharing something out there, like a podcast, as a result of listening to this. And it might not come to fruition for two months or 12 months or 24 months. Can you allow it to unfold on its own divine timeline and know that 
Every thought and every note that you're taking is contributing towards it. Can you view how you show up and share yourself as a body of work versus a one-hit wonder? Because your whole life is a body of work and how you live it and how you show up outside of your business is even more important than those expressions that are limited to your business. You're a full-spectrum human, you're a multidimensional being, and I have an intuitive feeling that all of the different ways we've seen business and ways to grow business and market it and make money, all of this is rapidly changing. I just had a very strong glimmer the other day of how all of the things are being rewritten in major ways, and so I have really paused a lot of the planning from this old place, knowing that there's brand new ways arising of how we all show up, how we share, how we connect, how we monetize. So I'm excited to be in this void with you. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Thank you for trusting me. Have a magical rest of your day.